Welcome to Stock Odds Odds and End Podcast, Thanksgiving Week edition, uh, helping you feast on ideas and opportunities for the week ahead. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Oh, not too bad. Uh, not as fun of a weekend as what you've had, but uh, <laughs> I've been <laughs> working away and you've been uh, playing in Vegas, hey? <laughs> well... <laughs> Who doesn't love Vegas? Well, welcome back uh, safe, safely, right? So that's good. Um, good. Yeah, so we had a we had an interesting, uh, you know, week uh, finish up there. The the week previous was a bit more risk on, and then um, this uh, past week here it was more defensive. As we can tell, that um, you know a lot of it was capped off on on Friday expiration. Um, keep the note of that too. A lot of times on expiration, we either open down and rally up a bit and then kind of do not much else for the day, uh, or we open up and pull back a bit and again, not, not much action. Um, so this, that's more typical of expiration, monthly expirations. We've had a few that have had, had some pretty big rips, but, um, we had a opened and, and pull back on this one became uh, more defensive so that kind of capped off the week so just to let you know um consumer defensive was the top for the week at uh, 1.56 percent healthcare next at 0.62 utilities at 0.29 and then uh, basic materials which had had a, a really good week the week before on the back of uh, the us dollar weakening because when the dollar weakens it's better for commodities, especially the metals um, and energy too, to some degree. Uh, but the one that's more inversely correlated to the dollar is certainly uh, the basic materials and uh, gold, especially um, then energy would be. So we had basic materials, the worst performer for the week at minus 2% and consumer cyclical minus 1.96. And we had a lot of retail sales october retail sales and other retailers earnings um, as well and um, of course we have black friday uh coming up here this is a really important week for retailers and and most people know this but just to reiterate why they call it black friday is it's the first day uh in the year that the retailers are, are supposed to be in the black and um you know the kind of rely on a lot of, uh, re, you know, consumer sales and we'll see how the consumer, how healthy is the consumer is the question, you know, what will, will the numbers show? Um, so a little bit of anticipation uh, of that, but um, we'll have the real numbers come Monday or Tuesday, even with Cyber Monday uh, numbers out. So by Tuesday, we'll know exactly where the consumer stands for this holiday season here. Um, then we had kind of financial and technology kind of in the middle of pack and industrials, which are often, often in the middle of pack. You don't often see industrials in the lead or the complete lagger, do you, Dave? They're, no, they often fall, often fall in the middle of pack, which, which if we said, Hey, is it risk on or risk off? We'd probably say it's a it's a bit more neutral to slightly risk on for industrials um Correct. you know especially if especially if there's political agendas with you know industrial development 
you know, fix the roads, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, then the industrials respond or like, you know, with Caterpillar and things like that, when you think about global recession or global growth, some of the industrials can do better if we're in a growth environment and we're in this debate about inflation, uh, meaning that we're going into recession or is it stagflation? Inflation or stagflation? Stagflation is rising now in terms of the banter. Um, and, you know, will it be recession? And then one day uh, in the future, we will see us probably shift from, you know, inflation to suddenly deflation. I've mentioned that a few times in our conversations before, right, Dave? Sometime yeah, in the future. I mean well, with all this technology, technology is naturally deflationary, right? I mean, anytime right. you build a machine, you replace workers and manual labor, and there's so much technology, AI, all the at some point, it's just going to flip extremely hard the opposite way. So it, it'll happen probably pretty fast from a period of high inflation to severe deflation. And if you don't think that's possible, just look at some of the commodity charts that we've had over the last couple of years, you know how lumber can go you know, straight up and then all of a sudden go straight back down to where it came from. I mean, you know, blindingly fast and blindingly sharp, right? And we've seen that over and over again. Um, so there's a, there's a plenty of disruption ahead. Um, you know, and even with this oil, we mentioned last week that um, I'm sort of, you know, positive on the outlook for oil uh in general but uh obviously this week it pulled back a bit and corresponding to that the u.s dollar was up a couple days that number that we hit there was interesting because we had the one spike down on the dollar on november the 15th and that hit uh, 105 16 area so that 105 is actually a, an interesting number we've uh we had some both support and resistance on that before. So we kind of came right down to that 105 and it bounced up since then. So again, that that's kind of why this week played out a little bit. If the dollar is really strong, it can impact uh, even the stock market, not alone, you know, commodities. So um, anyway, what do we got coming up? Uh, so we got a holiday on Thursday. Turkey Day and half trading day on Friday, which is always an interesting day historically. I don't know why it is, but like stuff happens. <laughs> stuff happens on that half day. Um, you know, crazy stuff. So uh, and this might be a, a, a non-event, but I wouldn't be surprised if something else funny happens on Friday. But um, typically Wednesday's a little bit more uh, bullish um, on the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving, and I think it's just a bit of the anticipation. It can also be a bit lighter volume as people do travel and cut out early. Um, and I forgot to check. I think the bonds usually close early on Wednesday. I could be wrong, but um, do want to check on that to see if the bonds are closing early. But uh, nonetheless, Friday uh, Friday's the half day, and. Um, and then expect lighter volume, obviously, on the Friday and expect lighter volume even on the Monday. OK, over to you, Dave. Yeah, we see the same information in the stats. So 
the whole month of uh, November is, for the S&P 500, it's about 3.3% expected return. But half of that is concentrated in those final five days of the month. So the final five days are expected to do 1.37%. So um, of the last five days, days one through four are the most robust, and the final day is, is slightly down. And uh, looking at sectors, um, the, the QQQ is expected to do better than the spider, and so are, are these small caps, the Russell 2000. So the, those are really robust, those days one, two, three, and four of the last five days. And then if you look at the sectors within it, you see that it's more of the risk-on kind of um, sectors. Um, biotech, XBI, IBB, the ARK-KK, and retail. You talked about retail. XRT is, is usually a good performer in those final days, as well as dis consumer discretionary, XLY. So QQQ, risk-on, that kind of theme. Things that are softer are gold, silver, GDXJ, GDX, silver, GLD, and even oil, XOP. So some of the metals might be softer and retail and, and um, discretionary stronger. So it's a risk on undertone for those final days. And then we have a couple um, economic reports coming out in, during the week. Um, on Monday, there's some Fed speak happening. Uh, Tuesday, not much going on. But Wednesday, we get a couple um, reports out there, jobless claims, durable orders, consumer sentiment from University of Michigan, and the FOMC minutes come out on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And at 1.30, Jerome Powell speaks. So that's always a market-moving thing. People are going to hang on to every word. His tone, is he showing any signs of letting up on being so hawkish? But um, we'll see what um, what he says there. And then not much on Thursday. Not Thursday, of course, we're closed, and not much on Friday. And there are a smattering of earnings, but no big major companies. Not like last week was Target. That was a big one. Yeah, um, we're kind of we're kind of past. I mean, normally it starts early in October, and and we're kind of getting to the tail end of earnings, and then uh, and then the dividends tend to clump. You get a lot of dividends in the latter part of November and all through December, um, because they usually follow the earnings cycle. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, correct. So that's that's it. So there's um some some slight economic reports on Wednesday, but it is a risk on overtone from Wednesday on. And uh, a little more focus on companies that sell goods and uh, things like retail, XRT and uh, XLY. Just want to bring up um, uh, Bitcoin has got a, a new shelf kind of that's been developing at the 16,000 level. Um, the 20,000 was really interesting because it traded there from pretty much uh, middle of June all the way through. Um, it, it, you know, it popped up to 25 and back down, but most of it activity was around 20,000, which I thought was quite quite strange and quite uh, manipulated. Um, but um, you know, if you go back on uh, on the monthlies, you see that to the high, the high from 2017 uh, was 20,000. We were a bit lower than that in, in 2018, but 2017, December, we hit a high. Was it December? Yeah, we hit a high of 19,666 um, in December of 2017. So that 20,000 became really important. We were trading along there, and then the FTX thing has uh, knocked it down. 
into the 16,000 level. The way things are looking, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to back to 10. 10 was a huge consolidation area. Uh, and one of those, almost like, remember remember Dow 10,000? Remember how big that was? We used to have hats and parties and it crossed back and forth over 10,000. It's almost like uh, like that with this is 10,000 is a big number. Um, so, you know, this, this whole uh, FTX thing has... Um, uh, substantial uh, systemic problems to it, and um, there's there's some uh, great consolidated uh, articles and videos that kind of put the whole whole thing together. One was done by Forbes. Um, you can guys can look it up, but it's it kind of goes through all the connecting the dots. Uh, about 130 other companies affected. Um, about a million creditors. Top 50 creditors are owed about 3.1 billion and there's probably as much as 8 billion owed all across the board or something. So it's, it's pretty substantial apart from all the other money that disappeared, which is, was basically uh, fumes anyway. So a pretty big uh, Ponzi scheme at the end of the day and a lot of affected parties. So, um, you know, it will have ramifications. Now, one of the big ramifications too, is that, um, you know, it just points out again what happens when rates rise and you kind of have the the end of that free money period. Because we've seen this in the past with other bubbles. And uh, when, when the party stops, when the music stops, everybody's scrambling for a seat. And uh, there's just not enough chairs. And a lot of, you know, people get get affected. So... Again, when these policies come to an end, then you see the emperor with no clothes, right? Yep. Especially the most levered players are the ones that blow up the fastest. Yeah, I mean, I leverage is like when when we when we use leverage, you know, in our trading um, careers, we talk about betting small per idea and having a lot of ideas, which is why stock odds is great. Uh, great utility for generating ideas. You can generate them from from a price discovery uh, aspect or from from a noise, you know, significant amount of uh, of samples. So you can have lots of samples or only few samples. So you, you can have both sides of the equation. With price discovery, it's good to create more if-then statements to you know get that confirmation. Um, you were going to say something, then I'll go into something else here, Dave. What was that? About the, talking about the 10-year Treasury note, so it's just below 3.8%, but the, the Treasury yield spread of twos and tens is inverted. So again, that's another sign that recession is coming. And then also I was looking at copper. It's come down quite a bit from its um, high in the middle of the month. It's it's been trending downward. So that's also usually they call Dr. Copper, right? Signs of a recession. So it's not, it's not at the low of an October or in July, but it is headed back down. Right. So there are some recessionary like early indicators still showing weakness in, in the economy right and it's important to remember that when these things run its course that um you know you can have a big shift and you get catch those rallies back up especially if the dollar were to weaken again you could have a nice move in copper but because the demand side will be there and they can't have it they can't have it both ways and we can't invest in the green revolution and not use copper Right. I mean, 
how much more copper is there in your Tesla than in, a, in your Jag, right? I mean, there's it's no All comparison. Wiring, yeah. Yeah, it's no comparison. So, I mean, the thing is that uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of come up copper demand that that can be there, but uh, but generally it's a good recession indicator. If it's falling, that means that that's kind of the sentiment, the prospects, um, and so on. Anyway, I want to point out something about the spy because Friday's low. Um, uh, you know, we we kind of came and tag that um, close area from Thursday um, and it, you know, kind of popped back up and, and closed, you know, almost unchanged, but it was a bit unchanged, but almost. Um, the interesting thing with the SPY is that you've got a great number to lean on that was the 15th close and the 15th high. So we're talking about just over the 402 level. 402.31 is the high, and that close was 398.49. So that's uh, that's something above us that that can be a real great um, target to track towards. Uh, and if we break through it, then you're probably going to test the high from September 12th up in the four. 11 area 411 to 412 okay now november 17th thursday's low is going to be a real important one at 390 14 so just remember 390 and 402 390 and 402 that's how you're framing this so we could we could you know chop around within there for a few days um i'm always suspicious of the light volume day potentially on Wednesday and the half day on Friday, where you can have a, a rip in the market and take out numbers when there's not a lot of volume. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so we got a good framing there on the SPY. You can do the same thing for the Diamond, the Qs, and the Russell as well. Just get your numbers, make sure you, you know what to target. Um, and again, it's very different if we're trading the noise and the chop and stuff than if we get a, a nice directional move. Um, let's look at where the futures are right now. Of course, things can change as they have many times from the time we've talked about it on Sunday to the morning. Um, but uh, right now, Dow Jones futures are down 78 points or 0.23%. S&P down 11.5, which is 0.29%. NASDAQ down 28.75, which is 0.25%. And Russell is 0.26% or down 490. So they're they're all roughly in that uh, just down a quarter point area. Um, and the VIX is up slightly, 0.96%, almost 1% up at the moment. And again, the uh, currencies, the U.S. dollar is up 0.40, almost half a percent. Um, and it's looking like it could retrace back. I would think a target would be uh, 109.14. So it's currently at 106 or 107. It's 107 and a quarter. So our target would be 
heading back towards 109.14. So just remember that. Okay. Should be an interesting week. We'll let you guys go. Good training, everyone. Good